Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Holy shit, it worked. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on Church of the Corn. Uh, you've got Drake and myself here. Before we get into the show, I do have to do a quick read. Uh, sorry, everybody. Uh, it's pro I don't think time you're to- supposed to tell them that. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how this works, so this is just going to be how it is. Uh, the Omaha Supernovas hit the court for the first ever Pro Volleyball Federation match, January twenty fourth against the Atlanta Vibe at the CHI Health Center. First serve seven p.m. Uh, secure your season and single match tickets now at supernovas.com. Witness world star talent as the Omaha Supernovas host the Atlanta Vibe for the first ever. Uh, pro volleyball match and uh, the pro volleyball federation supernovas if you're not familiar uh, rec- uh, the roster includes ncaa national champs all americans and olympians uh, join the volleyball movement sweeping across the country see your major league volleyball team the omaha supernovas drake what the fuck is going on how are you doing my friend i'm good man um that last part was not show- part of the read by the way yeah no uh, <laughs> gonna throw out a shout out a uh, former classmate of mine and former Nebraska Gatorade Volleyball Player of the Year, Jana Mancuso, former Husker National Champion, as well as playing on the Supernova. So if nothing else, you can go support some local talent. Um, that, that'll be a fun organization and a fun league to start up. You know, I feel like they're going to get a lot of support in Omaha. Just uh, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. But I just feel like with the way the uh, they support uh, Lincoln for volleyball, I feel like you're going to get a lot of those similar athletes coming up to Omaha. So I feel like it's yeah. a it's it's a good situation. Uh, it'll it it's it's sneaking up quick. I got a buddy that works down there, and he told me he goes, "Yeah, dude, they're this month starting going forward. It's 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 crazy. So uh, it'll yeah. be fun to watch." I. I uh, I kind of forgot how giant those ladies are, and then realized how much of an athlete I'm not when I look at people like that. So, <laughs> this is it works. Um, how how are you after that Eagles debacle today? You I know, mean, did, did it affect you in any way? Knowing that it didn't matter, it it didn't, and and not because it didn't matter. It's just because the last they've lost six out of seven now, or or seven five out of six. Like it's been a terrible end of the season. Um, they've played like dog shit. I, the good, the one thing I am happy about is they do get Tampa Bay. They're going to Tampa. That doesn't mean that they're going to win. Uh, it just means that they've got, I think, one of the worst teams in the playoff. They're going to their house, so it'll be a bat yeah. a battle of two really shitty teams that are, uh, you know, going down in the rankings as we speak. So. Yeah. Um, well, I, my I would Patriots ask, locked up a third overall pick today. So I, I was going to ask you, you were a Patriots fan. How, uh, no playoff talk. How was that? <laughs> uh, I, I, here's a good thing. You at least got, um, you got Bill Belichick out of New England. Uh, maybe. Is that, was that made official yet? I, I seen it on, uh, I think it was, what, fuck, uh, Sports Illustrated said that he was gone after the season, I believe. Um, yeah, there's been rumors, but I just, it, man, it it seems like it's pretty severed at this point. I just I, like, 
it, he's a if legend. If he's on his way fuck. out, if he's on his way out, it's on his terms, right? Like the dude just put I mean, together he's a like he put together like the 20, 20 greatest years of NFL football in one franchise, and, and he's had a couple of all bad the years. Tom Brady, terrific you, Tom. I Brady. mean, obvious, obviously, Tom plays a huge factor in that too, but. You know what else plays a big factor in that is being good for so long. Like they didn't ever really get to backfill their roster with high quality draft picks. Well, um, also when you trade some of those away, almost every year it seemed like yeah, uh, that also so, help. Like the after year one of Mac Jones, it mm-hmm. was it was pretty evident that it uh it needed to be stuck. It needed to start over and i don't know if that means you sever ties with bill belichick um i'm okay either way i like i said i i just witnessed the greatest 20-year run in in arguably sports history um, yeah some of us get well don't we yeah You're like so the nebraska like, fan in the 90s dude i feel more like a braves fan in the 90s except for they didn't really ever win the world series so um take that for what it's worth they just dominated their division forever so um yeah i don't i don't know i i'm care if if bill's gone who replaces him i know like for years talk has been josh mcdaniels was supposed to get the job after him but after multiple after multiple failed stints for josh mcdaniels to give him the keys to the kingdom he doesn't Robert get to Kraft? be a head coach anymore. He fucked up two franchises. He doesn't get to be a head coach anymore. Okay, okay, time out, time out. He didn't fuck up any franchise. They were already fucked up. Okay, he took a dumpster fire and somehow kept that dumpster fire really just to, that blazer going. Yeah, I mean, he might have thrown gasoline on top instead of a fire extinguisher, but he didn't He didn't fuck anything up. They were already fucked. My bad. He just continued the fucking up process. Yeah. He he. So if you've got a bad franchise, then yeah, he's your hire. But I I would go Vrabel, honestly. Uh, I think he was meeting with Tennessee uh, at, after this game today sounds, to figure out his uh, future. It sounds like Tennessee's ready to move on from him. Which um, it, it, if I'm if I'm the honestly if I'm New England and for some any way I can get my hands on Vrabel, I'm taking that the one thousand percent. I I just love him as a head coach. Do. You, Knowing you have the number three overall pick and that Jaden Daniels is probably falling in your lap, do you not go get an offensive-minded head coach? Do you not go pay somebody like Mike McDaniels more money than anybody else in football? I I love McDaniels. That dude's that dude's a character. No, um, I don't I don't think Mike is walking out of Miami. Let's get no, that out, no, out there's, of the way. There's no way. But do you go find leave. somebody from his coat from that coaching tree, the Shanahan coaching tree, the McDaniel? Like, do you go get Eric Bieniemy out of Washington? I I'll be sub. I don't know if uh, he's going to make it out of Washington. I think he may get elevated to head coach with uh, Ron Rivera getting fired. Yeah. I I'm just I don't it's fun I don't to know watch. what you do. No, it's uh, the, New England's got a lot to button up, and that roster, as you said, is somewhat depleted from the last two decades of success. And just they've missed on a lot of draft picks, unfortunately. And I think Belichick's yeah. hubris has gotten away a little bit, but it's hard when you're one of the best coaches of all time. That's going to happen when you think you are right. Yeah, 
Yeah, his his uh, ego and arrogance has gotten in the way. Like he thought he could live with you know unheralded guys, but like when you strike gold with guys like Julian Edelman and Tom Brady, um, you go pick up leftovers like Wes Welker, or you know, there's there's plenty of guys out there that you can just say, oh, Bill Belichick picked him up and revived his career and. You know, when when you do that for 20 plus years, it's really hard to change your mindset, even though I think the last eight years specifically, but over the last decade, analytics scouting has gotten so much better that you're not going to be able to find as many of those guys as, as you did in the early 2000s. And that's just that's just the way it works. Like. Yeah, as, I mean, if you can as, play, they're going to As we advance, you. yeah. I mean, if as we advance and everybody saw the success that he had, so they tried to mirror it too. There's not as many diamonds in the rough for you to uncover. Um, I I would I'd, – I'd like to see Bill stick around and see if he can turn it around. Um, but you got to know that that's still three three years away. Yeah, that's not going to be a quick turn, unfortunately. That's going to be a, a, a gradual building of a roster, which is – why I feel like as a late sixties year old man, I don't know if that's what he's got anymore. Yeah, I don't know if he's got it for right sure. Now. Well, Drake, uh, do you want to talk about Daniel Holgerson being in Lincoln, or do you want to talk about the playoffs first? Because we're going to hit on both. Um, I'll leave it let's, up to you. Let's talk Holgerson. Holgerson. Let's talk Holgerson. All right. So uh, I re- seen the picture over the weekend of a slightly balding while also having long hair um, individuals sitting next to Dr. Susan Elza at a wrestling match, uh, I believe confirmed to be former Houston head coach, former West Virginia head coach, former offense coordinator at Oklahoma State, Houston, and Texas Tech, Dana Holgerson. Yes. Um, It seems like and I could be wrong on this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this staff is really good at finding weaknesses, not only on players, but as on, as on, on their coaching staff as well, and doing what they need to do to plug those and fix those spots. Am I, am I wrong there, Drake, or am I pretty on, on the nose there? I think you're pretty on the nose. Now, that doesn't mean that um, they're, it's not 100%. They're, they're, yeah, I, I mean, you're, you're right. That doesn't but I, I don't think that doesn't mean that there aren't deficiencies that I'm not totally comfortable with how they've been addressed or the lack of addressing to them so far this off season. Um, like there are still things that, that I firmly believe we could have done better so far this off season. Um, but the off season is not over. Like there's still another portal period, um, on the player side, uh, you know, there's a lot of movement that could potentially happen uh, the next 10 to 14 days or even over the next month and a half um, with potential NFL assistance and things like that. Like, there's still so much that can happen um, that I'm not, like, willing to put out grades yet on on where I'm happy and unhappy beyond, you know, the recruiting class that you signed. Like, I still expect staff changes. I've, I've said that since pre-end of the season, right? So I think we're still going to have some staff changes. Um, it looks like Dana Holgerson might end up on the staff one way or another, whether that, 
that's an assistant coach, which technically you still don't have an opening for or an analyst. Um, it doesn't matter. Like they're, they're looking to beef up that staff. Um, that's I, a good, though, I feel like you find the spot for regardless. If there's any way possible you get him on staff, I feel like you do it. Yeah, 100, 100%. If he wants to be here, you're going to find a way. Um, and I think a good chunk of his buyout at Houston being guaranteed um, kind of makes that even easier on, on the pocketbook, at least for a couple of years. I asked this question to some people yesterday. And nobody had an answer, so I'm going to ask you. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Take out Carl Pelini after his little stint at FAU. Who's the last head coach that came to Nebraska in any sort of assistant capacity or analyst capacity immediately after losing their head coaching job at a Power 5? At We'll call it Power 5. I'll even say Group of 5. You know, if you went anyone that worked as a former head coach, you could say Whipple, but you know, he was an OC at Pitt before that, after his, his head coach at, I believe, UMass. Um, oh man, I, it, that's a really good question. I don't think, I don't think that there's been one in quite some time, if ever. No, no, there hasn't. And uh, not that I know of, maybe, maybe Tom pulled it off in the nineties or the eighties or something, but that is, that is a move that schools like Texas, USC, Oregon. Playoff teams you mean, right? Yes. That, that is a successful programs. And I'm not going to say that Nebraska hasn't pulled this off from lack of trying over the years been lack of appeal and for dana holgerson what's your appeal oh you have a five-star quarterback yeah i want to get my hands on that kid like absolutely the amount of raw talent that dylan ryle has is is is, it's going to be fun to watch for some reason it just randomly hit me the other day i was sitting there i was grabbing a hoodie throwing it on my dumb ass went man i it's really cool that dylan ryle committed to nebraska out of the blue and that put me in a better mood that day. I don't know why, but it did. <laughs> um, and not even Dylan Raiola. I mean, Dana Holgerson is is an air raid guy, right? But like, absolutely. Well, he's, he's so an hold on, hold guy. on, hold that's on. how I'll put it. Uh, he he falls under the air. He raid is an air raid guy. guy. He's from but, the Hal Mummy system, but but I'm going to share something with you. Like, I saw this floating around yesterday, I, and I. I'm going to go ahead and say that. We got gossip? No. I don't think Dana Holgerson is coming in and taking the keys to the kingdom on offense. I don't I don't think no. he's getting full full OC control. But at best he's a that coach. Being, that being said, at Oklahoma State, his one year as OC, he had a, I believe the number one overall offense in the country. Yep, in and, yardage and third in points. Yes. And so yesterday I saw a lot of people saying, if you bring in Dana Holgerson and you make him OC, that's a slap in the face to what Rula said that he wants this offense to look like, blah, 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 blah. Um, respectfully, shut the fuck up because that's oh, not accurate. Yeah, I'm glad you said it. Um, Dana Holgerson at Oklahoma State averaged 175 yards a game on the ground with two rushing touchdowns 
for and then 2.8 passing touchdowns a game that year. That like came out to I want to say top five in the country in rushing yards per game. Like he runs the ball, and say what you want about it being a spread attack or air raid attack, whatever it is. Like that's still downhill. That is not side to side. That is downhill run game, and that's exactly what Matt Rule said. That d- downhill does not mean there has to be a fullback. Now there will still be packages with fullbacks. Does not mean there has to be two, three tight ends. It does not have to be power eye. Doesn't You're have going to be north south. Yes, downhill just means north south. And guess you what? Your you shoulders just picked to the up line of scrimmage and go. And you just picked up the perfect running back out of the portal for that. Who? Guess what? Played in a shotgun style system at Oregon. Played in a shotgun style system most of his high school career. Like you can be downhill out of the shotgun. Don't let anybody tell you differently. And Oregon can sure. run the ball pretty good, so I, I like their taste in running backs. Yeah, so, again, I don't think Daniel Holgerson is coming in to take over completely, but if he did, we have to recognize that that does not mean it is the exact opposite of what Matt Rula said he wants this offense to look like. Well, absolutely, and if, and honestly, I feel like you bring him in as, as a, a – your your best case scenario, I think he's brought in is is a co OC quarterback coach, um, and, Which and if it's he, an analyst, he's been a co OC. Oh, absolutely. So you brought up the Oklahoma State in 2010. So in from uh, as uh, Texas Tech from 05 to 07, he was fourth in the country in yardage, eighth and third. By the way, his his team scored 22nd, 18th, and 12th in the country. I mean, the lowest his teams have been as an OC was eighth in the country in yardage and 22nd in the country in points. Yeah. That's it. I mean, after what we've seen last year, I'm willing to try just about anything to get that offense humming the way it's supposed to be. And why wouldn't you do everything possible, even if it's bringing him in as an analyst at this point, why wouldn't you do everything possible to get the most amount of experience and coaching, high caliber coaching on this roster, especially around Riola? who's your, mm-hmm. your crown and jewel, why wouldn't you do everything possible to bring him in or bring the guys around him in to make him successful? I I, I just don't get the the complaining about it. It's just because it's no, been he, one way doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. Yeah. And so I think there I think there's a variety of different options here. Um I'm I'm gonna start with this. If Daniel Holgerson ultimately comes in you have to, you have to find a way to move an assistant, right? Um, now there's a potential of moving your current tight end coach back to analyst and letting Satterfield take over tight ends. Um, but you know, there's also been rumors around maybe Mark Whipple steps aside to an analyst role. Um, you know, he's getting up there in age, might not love recruiting. Blah 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 blah. What what if I pitched you this? Whipple moves. To analyst Satterfield moves to tight ends. You give Holgerson QBs, and then you also make Holgerson and uh, why can't I think of the kid's name? The wide receiver coach McGuire. McGuire, you make McGuire and him do special teams together because. Holgerson's a little bit out there. 
He has some experience with special teams, but he also has experience at wide receiver, inside wide receiver specifically, QB, special teams, all of that. Like Holgerson can be kind of a rover while focusing on quarterbacks, helping everybody, helping a guy like McGuire get significantly better at, at his job and bring a little extra flair to that special teams that we've kind of been missing. Like razzle dazzle. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And if, you know, the analyst stuff goes through and analysts can have more power and more, you know, freedom to do stuff on, on the, on the field, who knows what happens then. Then, then Whipple can still coach special teams as an analyst, like a whole bunch of shit opens up if that happened. Um, All right. And I feel like, I feel like that could happen. I I just, I I feel like that move's going to be made. You sold me on it. I, as long as he's touching quarterbacks, I don't give a fuck what else he does on the roster. If he can help every other position group, I don't care. I just want him with quarterbacks specifically. Um, anything yeah. on that is plus. Uh, he's worked around. I want his creativity involved in as many areas of the game as it can. Like The, I the mean, dude is Mike Leach Jr. in my eyes, to an extent. So he's worked with – here's some names that he's worked with. Graham Harrell, Michael Crabtree, Cody Hodges – Cody Hodges might not be a recognizable name, but he's still top 10, I believe, all-time in passing yards, I think, mm-hmm. or passing yards in a season. Case Keenum. Kendall Hunter. Whedon, uh, Kendall Hunter. Um, Justin Blackman. Geno Smith. Taven Austin. Stedman Bailey. Wendell Smallwood. Will Greer. Just some of the names he's worked with that are in the NFL or were in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, he seemed to have done pretty well around some offensive players in the past. I'm going to say that he did not lose that overnight. Yeah, I mean, some some people who listen to us might be a little young to really appreciate the special, like, the talent that we got to watch when we were in high school and early on in college and a little bit after college with some of those very specific names, Graham Harrell, Michael Crabtree, Brandon Whedon, almost won a Heisman as a 28-year-old. Justin Blackman was phenomenal, and Justin Blackman would have been really special if he could stop drinking. And then, was there is there anybody that you can think of that is as equally electrifying to watch in college football as Tavon Austin was at West Virginia? Noel Devine would probably be the closest thing to him. Um, but if we're going currently, I mean, there are very few guys that were – that explosive uh Xavier Worthy was fun to watch at Texas but he wasn't the same kind of player um no I mean I, they're, mean, they're, I put Tavon I put Tavon Austin with Reggie Bush in terms of I, just like special athlete anytime he touched the ball I mean he was a human joystick when he touched the ball um yeah it, him and Stedman Bailey at the same time at West Virginia was was fun to watch that was what you know when you got these shorter kind of guys at, at Nebraska that's that's best case scenario. You would how you picture they're used all over the place. Um, yeah, Will Nixon, slot. Wondell Robinson. I mean, that's that's what you picture when you're bringing those small guys in. Once again, that's best case scenario, and that's them being completely developed. We haven't seen that happen here in the past few years, but you've got the body styles with Das, um, uh, Lloyd, um, Demetrius Bell is another one. You, you've got a Lloyd lot of bodies. Are a little bit bigger, but they they have that special talent. Yeah, I think uh, Bell is a little bit more in the Stedman Bailey body type, uh, where he's 
he's bigger than Bailey, but I think he's yeah. a little bit more of a traditional wide receiver than a Tavon Austin was. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you got like, you know who Malachi Coleman reminds me of? Justin Blackman. Like I thought you were gonna say fucking deer running down the field because he looks like one. Not not necessarily a crisp route runner, but just massive in size. Sorry, I just looked up and I'm watching this Miami Buffalo game. My biggest pet peeve in pro football right now is I can I can watch a tackle false start every snap and it never gets called. Like every fucking snap. Yeah, that's that's what happens, Drake, when you have old referees. They can't see things. And uh Lane Johnson is my right tackle for my Philadelphia Eagles, and he never false starts. So how dare you say that? That's not true at all. I just want I just watched Miami's left tackle move before the snap and he was three yards deep. Well, he's just trying like, to get a jump on the ball. Yeah, he got that jump and they didn't call it. And Tua throws a pick. Our boy Brian Munson is super happy right now. Well, actually, since you brought up Munson, great, great segue. I was gonna bring that up. Uh we got Brian Munson on with us next week. That's why we're not gonna yes. do a ton of talking about recruiting this week, uh, because we're gonna go through everything with Brian next week. So uh yeah. The Dow commitment, uh, uh, the receiver from Texas, um, I, I, Isaiah, I can't pronounce his Nior. last name. Nior, um, him committing as well, and then possibly. I think you're going to get Banks tonight. Banks I think Banks a, is going to commit tonight or tomorrow. Banks would be a huge one. I mean, I think that completely flips your wide receiver room. Um, I mean, I, I think that gives you two instant starters right there. Uh, it, granted, you know, Isaiah is healthy from. Uh, the injury suffered at Texas. I believe it was the ACL, but I can't remember 100% what it was. Yes, I'm 90% sure it was ACL. I, the, the good thing is, you know, you hate seeing the kid go down, and that, that's awful, the injury. But the amount of praise that that kid's got even from Texas fans, is it's it's pretty wild to see. So I think that's a, a huge get. Granted, hopefully he can come back somewhat what he was. Yeah. I He's a big body, and with – um, gosh, I'm I'm blanking on names all night tonight. Who's our last receiver from Texas? Are you talking about Omar Manning? No, the guy guy who got hurt this year, Marcus Washington. Yes, Mark. I I'm really bad with names tonight. It's been a long week. Um, with Marcus Washington not coming back, if nothing else, going out and getting some of these older guys, even if they don't produce, like. A guy like New York, a guy like Banks, and if you get Banks, I fully expect Banks to to produce. New York, I'm a, I'm a little iffy on because of the injury, um, but with it only being an A, I say only, but with it being an ACL, um, there there should be hope for a pretty easy rebound there, right? Yeah, usually um, you have your one year where you're not 100 percent certain on it. Usually it's the second year afterwards you start to see whatever that athlete's going to be um, based yeah. on their recovery and everything. So. So I just, if nothing else, they they can show those young guys in the room what you need to do every day, how to get how to better. be a uh, college wide receiver. Yeah, Is, I didn't bring this up, by the way. Uh, Garcia Gastineta going to be allowed back? Yeah, I think he is. Well, I think he's got eligibility. I don't know what the situation sits with that, but I know he's got eligibility. Thought he's got one more year. Yeah, yeah, he was listed as a junior this year, so. 
I didn't say this, he, but I can, can see everyone's maker. comments now too when people comment on the video. It's kind of cool. So if anyone uh, yeah. wants to chat with us in the chat, go ahead and shoot us a message. We've already got a couple of people that shot messages, so oh, I, I can, just missed seeing them. I I can see some stuff as well. That's my Tourette's. Sorry, or not my Tourette's. My ADD. <laughs> I can show you my version of my Tourette's if you want. Yeah. Oh, I I did not know this. Um, food for thought next week. I can also stream it to my profile now. So that's cool. Nice. Well, hopefully we'll get some more viewers. We're professionals um, now. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. Yeah, we, we're doing reads and everything now. Look at us growing up in 2024. Yeah. Um, it's not like we didn't. We we had a radio show before. Someone got us fired. Asshole. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk national championship, Drake. We, I think we beat the the uh, Holgerson thing into the ground until whatever happens happens with it. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's gonna. Do be I need a, some more whiskey for this? I don't think so. Um, I, right. I don't know how I feel about this one. I feel like I should be a Big Ten supporter. I feel like I should. Well, they're both Big for, Ten teams. That's that's the funny thing is they are both Big Ten teams. So I guess I'm gonna be happy the way. I just don't know if I cheer for the team in blue. Or if I cheer for the team in purple, because I really like Huskies. Okay, let's start with this. Wolverines are let's, assholes, I've heard. Yeah, let, let's skip that part. Let, let's talk about something that we've kind of dodged for a while. That Nebraska Florida belongs State being got, here. Oh. Florida State got jobbed, right? Mm-mm. No, they did not. Okay, give me your explanation. I watched what happened against Georgia. Okay, that's 30... 32 players set out which no no fault to georgia i also don't think anybody's beating georgia in a bowl game this year no matter what after the the sec championship i know what you're saying drake but i've just been told it's all about what happens on the field so i know what i've seen on the field i I know that many players sat out but i'm just telling you anytime i've had hope or anything in the past everyone's telling me it's all about what happens on the field no no that's not that's not the point i'm that's not the point i'm making the point that I am making 100% is the committee did not play by their own rules on this. Are you talking because it was the first conference champion that's been left out that was an undefeated team? That's part of it. But that didn't have the that, starting quarterback. That's that's fair. That is fair. But in the hierarchy of their criteria injuries is listed last and directly behind comparable teams there's an argument to be made that there is no comparable team in the playoff for florida state so that is dropped they they did play comparable opponents i would argue that they beat lsu worse than Alabama did. Um, you can look at Alabama's schedule and make some different points there. The point of all of this is Alabama should have been left out and Florida State should have been in. And I think you see a different Florida State team. I don't think you see a massive difference. Like They're obviously still not the same. There's no doubt about it. But based off your own criteria, Florida State should have been in. But there's only one team that's beaten the Georgia Bulldogs in the last, what, two or three years, and it's now Alabama. 
That doesn't matter. You can't play in college sports. You cannot base it off the previous season. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is they beat. They had the best win of any team this right. year. But they already lost their head to head to Texas, did they not? But Texas got in. If Texas would have gotten left out, and Alabama would have jumped them, no, Texas has the, a legitimate argument. But the point is, based in their criteria, they already know what the way their criteria is laid out. They already know what happens between Alabama and Texas. So Alabama didn't deserve to be there. But they won their conference championship. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Alabama deserved it over Florida State. Um, and I feel like though, if if Jordan Travis was healthy, yes, they one hundred percent deserve to be in. But I think with Jordan Travis being out, that's what I'm going to make the I'm going to make the argument that you're wrong for two reasons. Texas one loss, lost in the playoff. Alabama one loss, lost again in the playoff. Two teams that probably should not have been in were taken out. Texas is. Texas lost to a three-loss Oklahoma. Texas is not comparable to Florida State, who went undefeated. I think Texas is a better team than Florida State. Mm, they didn't prove it against Oklahoma. Mm, but they made it to the playoff. But they shouldn't have is the point. But they did, though, Drake. And that's only, how life works. The only reason here, – here's the only reason they got in. And this is the this is the problem. I will give you, Alabama should have been in for beating Georgia. I will one hundred percent give you that. Texas should not have gotten in, but you could not put Alabama in without putting in Texas. Yep, I agree. And the, the only two teams that were one hundred percent in, uh, regardless of anything else that happened, are the two teams playing tomorrow, and that's one hundred percent fair. I feel like yeah. there are four teams you could have argued being in those two spots. Georgia, of of course, the way that the standings happened, Georgia was going to get fucked regardless because of the loss to Alabama. Uh, they didn't have the conference title. If they would have put in Florida State over, um, over the, the the three or four, I think they'd have a lot explained to that they didn't want to. Um, but here here's the problem: Florida State was ranked three going into yep. conference championship weekend. And they bumped still down to five, I believe. That's where the problem is. I mean, there's there's inconsistencies. If you, if you don't think Florida State should be in without Jordan Travis, then you bump them down two weeks prior. You don't let them hang around in the top four. That's fair. That's if, if you put if it that way. It off the injury, if you're going to base it off the injury, you have to move them down after the injury. You then don't let them go into conference championship with only one job to do to get in. And that's win your game, and they did that's a that. that's a fair argument. Then at that point, if I if I'm on that committee, I bump them down to probably six, just so that there's no real shot of them getting in the playoff, and then there's no real discussion to be had. That's, that's me personally. Um, that's fair, but I, I I feel like I brought up the point that was not super sincere earlier when I said, well, you know, they got throttled by Georgia. Obviously, if that's a fully healthy Florida State team. That's a, I think it's a different game. I still feel like Georgia rolls, but I, feel I, think, like I think Georgia beats. I think I think if Georgia's in the playoffs, they're rolling everybody too. Like they I think they Georgia are, got super complacent early on in the year. Oh, they'd be or, well on sorry, their way to the, the. They'd be well on their way to the three-peat. Yes, I, 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 think I feel Georgia like it's Georgia, Michigan, probably complacent. in the playoff. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it sucks to see it because 
as you said, the inconsistencies of the playoff committee were pretty rampant throughout. Um, And especially as things got more convoluted at the end where you still had four teams for two spots. It's the one year we're going to have the argument. We're not going to have it going forward. I would have rather seen a two-loss Oregon in over Alabama because Alabama did not look like a playoff team the entire year. They had to get a lucky fourth and 31 conversion against a very bad Auburn team. Um, and they did, they did play a very good game against Georgia. Like I'm taking nothing away from them. Georgia played uh, Oregon played two dog fights against the team that I think is going to win the national championship tomorrow. And they both scored a lot of points in both those games. I, they're, to me, I would have I would have much rather seen Oregon get in over Alabama. I had, I really did not have a problem with Texas getting in. I think I think the true problem here is you couldn't leave an SEC team out. You just couldn't. So if Georgia lost, you either had to put Georgia in over Alabama, which I would have been fine with, or you have to put Bama in and you screw over everybody else. Well, the funny thing is that if this is in 2024 next year, uh, you'd have the all those the power ones. conferences. You have the no, you have the two power conferences. Uh, just say if it was still a four, you'd have your Big Ten and your SEC, and that's where I think every coach every coach is trying to get to those two conferences at this point because that's essentially who is going to get the majority of the playoff spots. Your yeah. Big Ten, your well, SEC. I think I, it's going to be really interesting going forward too, though, right? Like. What what do we have for Big Ten teams now? Eighteen, like I believe so. and no division, no divisions. Like I had to look at how the schedule shake out, but I'm pretty sure there's a crazy world out there where you could have three undefeated teams in conference, and one gets left out for the conference championship. Like, well, I mean, is, is that a mathematic possibility? I'm sure it is. I'm not good with math, even though I work with them all day. But I'm sure it is. Like, uh, it was just like last year when you had uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State all played a game against each other in some form or fashion, and that essentially was going to decide the Big Ten as, as long as two of the teams went undefeated. Um, yeah, but, I mean, my point is you could, theoretically, and I'm just going to throw three different teams out, you could have Oregon, Washington, Ohio State, or we'll, we'll say Michigan because they own Ohio State right now. And they're in the national championship game tomorrow. Michigan and Penn State, right? Like you could have all four of those teams theoretically at some point. I don't think I don't think it'll happen next year. Like obviously Ohio State and Michigan are always gonna play every, each other in the regular season. I don't know that Oregon and Washington will. Um like I'm sure down the line there is a mathematical way to have three to four Big Ten teams undefeated going into conference championship weekend. And only, I mean, like, how are you going to select who plays? Well, we're going to let the games on the field decide that, but I, I feel like you're going to get Big Ten, SEC. I feel like each would, let's see, it's going to go to 12. I mean, one of those conferences is going to get three in every other year. Right, but my, my question is, how are you going to decide who plays in your conference championship if you have two, if you have more than two teams undefeated? Well, it's the top two in conference play. standings, isn't it, Drake? But how do I'm, you how do you decipher those stand, the standings? Oh, not, strength. I, I I guess strength the schedule. That's, at that point. that's that's my problem with no divisions. Oh, I mean, well, I, I'm here for chaos, so 
It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be absolute chaos. And I'm, well, yeah, I'm probably they weren't thinking about that. Well, they were thinking about that. I'm probably that. thinking too deep into play. it. There's, there's, there's probably, there's probably no way that that happens. Like, based off scheduling, there probably is no way because there's people. I'm, I'm not going to say there's people smarter than you and I making these decisions because we've seen what happens when they no, try to cancel incredibly football. Incredibly intelligent. Um, yeah, I, I, I've tried not to look too far forward. Um, All right, but let's talk about the game tomorrow. Yes, let's Who do you talk like? about this game. Oh, I uh, I seen a thing Fall from JB Pickell earlier that said Michigan win or Washington wins tomorrow. If what happens, I said I put any money on Michigan winning. Uh, that's just how it is. That's how I am with luck. If I pick Michigan, Washington is going to win tomorrow. So I I think I might pick Michigan. I I'm going to go Michigan because I'm okay. taking one for the team here. Tell me, tell me who you really think is going to win, and explain to me why. I, I honestly do think it is Michigan. I think Michigan's got the better offensive line. I think they, I think they're better on both lines, honestly, than where Washington is. I um, agree with you. I feel like the, the better quarterback is in Washington, and it's not even close. No, um, no I, I feel like the, the run. I feel like the run game plus the offensive line is what kind of bullies Washington around. I think I think Michigan's going to win it. I, I don't feel like it's going to be a, a huge spread. I, I could see a – I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring, so maybe a 35-31-ish, 32. See, I, th- and that, that's, that's where my hang-up with Michigan is. I don't think Michigan can score that many points. I don't, I don't trust McCarthy. Or, yeah, J.J. McCarthy. I don't trust him. Yeah. I don't know what it is about him. I just – I don't trust so, him, and I think he's the third best quarterback playing in that game. Oof, that that is a statement, my friend. Um, I know it is, and it's probably dumb as shit. And I'm probably going to get proven wrong tomorrow, but that's that's okay. He, here's here's why I lean Washington. I think obviously Michigan's very good. I don't think their defensive line is as good as what Michigan has gone up against with both Tech. Uh, sorry, what Washington's gone up against with both Texas and Oregon. I think Oregon's defensive line is actually better than Michigan's from an ability to get to the passer. I think Michigan's I think Michigan is 100% built to win bloody Big 10 games. And it just so happens that's kind of what you got out of Alabama too. Also, Alabama was probably a team that you were scouting illegally before you get caught, right? Like that that's how they're always in the playoff contention. Football's a lot harder when you don't know what's coming. Um, it's a joke, Michigan fans, don't get your panties in a twist. Um Rick, but, that implies we have people from Michigan that uh, listen to us. <laughs> I know of at least two. Um look at us branching out. Fucking A. He but I think there's a couple of things that really go Washington's way. I think Washington's definitely better on special teams. I think they're more explosive there. I think the X Factor is going to be Michael Penix and his multiple NFL wide receivers. I think their defense is a fucking beast. I think their defense plays very violently. They hit hard. And I know Michigan comes from the Big Ten, and Big Ten hits hard, but 
Big Ten does not hit hard like this. Like these are violent hits. They're trying to take your head off. Big Ten is just going to kind of pile on top of you, right? Like let's call it what it is. These are total two different styles. I think what Washington does on offense is going to expose what little bit of weakness Michigan has. And if Washington find a, finds a way to get up by 10 points, I trust Phoenix to continue to pile on and keep it going enough. I don't trust I don't trust Michigan if you're if you're down 10 in the third quarter. I just don't think Michigan has the firepower to to get back in that game because of how much I trust Phoenix. Phoenix throws guys open in a zone in a way that I've never seen from a college quarterback. Like those guys don't have to stop and settle. We talk all the time about guys have to stop, settle down in the zone, find the soft spot. Phoenix throws it to that guy on the run without him having to stop. And it, it's really special. Like Phoenix is like, I don't know, 34 years old in his sixth year of college, whatever. So he's got a lot of experience. Um, I just, I, I think Washington wins this one. I, I would say it's probably 35-24, something like that. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a reasonably high-scoring game either way. I'm just happy they put it at 630 uh, because my old ass needs that game to start early so I could watch the whole fucking thing. Yeah, I'm about to go to bed now in this 0-0 Buffalo-Miami game. Well, I'm hoping they put up some touchdowns because I got some money on this game tonight uh, through pick six. So I'm trying to win some more money this weekend. Um, I, I, Drake, I got nothing else other than that. What about you, my friend? I am good, brother. All right, well, let's put a bow on this. Uh, Michigan, if you win, uh, it's because I picked you. Washington, if it's if you win, it's because I picked Michigan. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, here on Church of the Corn for Drake, for myself. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to everyone later. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.